This podcast is given to you by Arloka David Smith, teacher and founder of the Dharma Mind Buddhist Group. For more information, please go to dharmamind.net. Over the last couple of days I've taken you over the framework of the five pillars which you are all familiar with, I hope, and I think I think you've all got a pretty good fist of that. Um, those various features that you have to be very, very alive to in order to put off this training to engender the the spirit as well as the actual um, function of the of the of this particular type of training. Spirit is so important, very not easy to define, to put into words. But that spirit is very, very important. If you don't have that spirit then you won't find your true nature. It ain't just going to come up and tap you on the shoulder. You have to turn yourself towards it and open to it. And also have the other major feature of the spirit of this training is the, the all-inclusivity, the complete openness to, the, to all of life, which means to all of yourself and everything you experience and everything that goes on in the world have a have a spirit of openness and and embracing, not picking and choosing, which is a, a, a such an important concept, an important feature of this, this of the spirit of this training, because this training is has a lot of spirit. It doesn't really have a lot of content in terms of concepts and things to do, but it's really your attitude, how you how you approach it. Your, your philosophy of life, if you like, is not one of picking and choosing, of, of being discriminating, of, of um, being uh, judgmental. Judgmental of yourself, judgmental of others, and judgmental of what you experience in this, in this world of diversity, this world of opposites that we experience, rather than run to one side of things and reject the other side. Rather, embrace, but it's not a case of liking and disliking. It's a case of being open, giving things space. It doesn't mean to say that you follow things, but you acknowledge it, you open to it, and say, well, this is, this is, the, this is the way it is. This is your philosophy of life. That's that when you live life, and all the experiences that you have, both with yourself and with others, and just the way this realm works. You just have to say, well, this is the way that it is, and acknowledge that. This, I think, engenders the spirit that will take you to who you really are, because that who you really are doesn't pick and choose. You are... 
you are harmonizing, you are, you are training yourself to awaken to who you really are. That is so important. And that's not a, as I say, that's not a, 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 a formula, something that you, that you, you develop like a, like a, a system in some way. It's just, it's, as I say, it's your attitude, your spirit, you, the way that you approach life um, with that sense of openness and learn to shrug your shoulders. That's the way it is. And not run away from things that you don't like and run towards things that you do like. And... Um, that very much takes you, I would say, away from the five pillars that do have. It is conceptual. I mean, everything is conceptual at the end of the day. You can't avoid it. If you're going to communicate, you're creating concepts, you're creating objects. But, but I mean, there are objects and there are objects. And some concepts you're meant to follow and attach yourself to, and others are meant to be pointers where you don't attach yourself to, but, but, Learn, learn to learn to to uh, open yourself in the right direction without bringing a lot of a lot of um, ideas and stuff with you. The five pillars do have a lot of ideas, and you do have to sit and ponder, and you do have to check yourself and uh, recheck yourself. And I don't care how much you think you're you you've got it all sussed intellectually or otherwise. Don't ever go down that road because because you haven't. Even though you're very comfortable and you've got no questions about about what they indicate, that's great. But that's not a reason for you to put put, put the thing to one side and say, "Well, I understand," because you don't. You understand on one particular level. And you come back to these things over and over, and each time you come back, or when you come back, you, you present the possibility of seeing seeing ever closer, ever deeper, what you thought that you knew all about. So there's never this this idea of, I've got it. Don't ever say to yourself, I've got it. Because when you do that, then you just stop, and you think, there's no more to to be learned you never stop learning there's no end to this and you need to engender that spirit bring that spirit to, to all of this and that spirit very much introduces you takes you to the blue sky that's another one of our concepts one of our pillars of, of our training the blue sky which opens up a vista for you that you're prepared with the five pillars that those pillars should take you to a, a, an authentic genuine place of stillness where you've learned to let go of your attachments by nurturing these features and you begin to look in that direction and when you come to the blue sky, in many ways, that's you're beginning to fulfill the five pillars. But at the same time, 
This isn't a progressive thing. This isn't a lateral thing. Still, you're coming back. It's 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 all one interchange. You move from one one to the other. So don't think you're going in a straight line. Just think if you somehow begin to get an experience of the blue sky, somehow you fulfilled um, what you've been doing prior to that. And think, well, that's it's it's never it because your blue sky will not be with you all the time because we all have forces that are always pushing against us will always be pulling you away from any sense of achievement that you that you have any insight, understanding that's risen up within you and you think that you've done it there are forces within you that will just pull the rug from under you so never be complacent and never think that you have done it I never, I never think that, that, that this is some sort of a progressive thing. Um, but, but always be running, running all the features side by side. Sometimes you, you view this one, sometimes you view that. Sometimes one particular feature is very prominent for you, another time another one is. But they're not, they're not all separate things. They have their own identity in a way, but but at the same time they're all they are all linked together. And when you fulfil this, you'll see all of this in one, because they're not separate. But you can come to that sense of stillness um, through the training. That sense of spaciousness that you can get primarily on the cushion. And this then becomes your environment. Because it's still, it's uncluttered. There's no self. You're not being pulled around by your habits. You're then creating an environment where you can begin to truly use the other feature, the last feature that we need, which is the white cloud. The white cloud cannot exist without a sky. All clouds sit in a blue sky. That's the way it is. If there's no sky, then there's no cloud. So, that's the real, the real tool, the, the real, the real sharp tools of your tool bag, <clears throat> um, of your blue sky. Um, this, this, the blue sky represents those very sharp tools in that blue sky. So that you begin to bring, you begin to, you have the ability to ponder and to look and to investigate who you are. Not who somebody else is, but who you are in an environment where you're more likely to find the truth. Because it's uncluttered, it is unpolluted, it is not distorted by the delusions of the self. Because in a blue sky there is no self. But even though, as I say, the real sharp tools are found in the white cloud, because the white cloud doesn't exist without the blue sky, that there's more, there's more to to the cultivation, to the awakening, wake, waking up of, of the insight path, 
that even when you don't have a blue sky, this does not prevent you from entering that path, from learning to cultivate, learning to turn yourself to, learning to develop the skills, the habit, in fact, the habit of, of always turning in and always watching yourself, looking at yourself, being aware of yourself. That's the key. That's the absolute bottom line. It's the faculty that we have that other animals don't have. It's a thing called self-awareness, which is the jewel. The jewel that we all have. And it's your key, your key to freedom, to, to go beyond suffering, to go beyond life and death. That's where the key is. And therefore self-awareness is something that we are with as much as we possibly can be. Self-awareness means to know what you're doing. That self-awareness in its, in its essence doesn't have an opinion. Like I say, it's always likened to a, a mirror-like quality. A mirror that that sees everything that comes into its field, but doesn't have an opinion. That there is your primary your primary position. That's 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 the baseline. That's it. There, there. But in order for for you to experience that, you have to be still. You have to learn to come into your awareness and be with your awareness. Its potential is, is is infinite. Your awareness isn't an object. Your thoughts are. You create objects with, with, with all your conscious faculties that you have. This is how we create objects. And then we lay over them with names and labels. And our, our world is, is populated with things that are always shifting, always changing. But there's a part of you that doesn't change, even though that's not necessarily very clear. In fact, it isn't clear. Because you take yourself, your, your self-awareness to be a part of that, part of that package of, of, of objects. But your self-awareness is not actually a part of that package. It isn't an object. So if you think it's an object, then have a look for it. How big is it? What colour is it? What's its parameters? Because all objects have have, have, a, have, a, have a defined shape or a colour or a smell, something that defines them as an object. Or do this with your awareness. You can do it with the sounds that you hear and the sights that you see, the smells, the tastes, the touch, all of those you can look say, well, there's an object, it's this big, it looks like this, it smells like this, it takes, that's called an object. Well, you do the same with your awareness. You can do it with your eyes, your nose, your, your taste, your hearing, all of those. Okay. You think awareness is just another another thing, another another part of that package. And then have a look at it and see. Put your arms around it. How big is it? What colour is it? What does it smell like? All of these things that you can do with anything else that you experience. Do the same thing with your awareness. See how you get on. And if you arrive at the conclusion that actually there isn't anything there, 
I can't, there's nothing to grab hold of, there isn't an object, it isn't all of these, these characteristics that everything else in the world has. Then you begin to touch something special, something unique, something different. And that's why awareness for us is, is, is the jewel, because that uniqueness, that, that sets it apart from everything else. Is your doorway that will take you beyond that the dualistic world, the world of, of the world of objects, the world of space and time, the world of birth and death, even. But your consciousness is is subject to birth and death. But there's a part of you that never dies. We live out of that. <coughs> This is what I've been alluding to when we talk about our Buddha nature, our true nature. So you're there, you're on a threshold. How close do you want to be? And yet still we can't see it, we can't grasp it. We're still caught, we're caught by the, the world that we create as being real. But there you want you want your awareness, you want your self-awareness. And it's from there can you embark upon getting to know yourself. If you don't have it, you won't. You'll be lost in the world. You'll just create delusion and you'll keep running around and you'll end up ever more uh, away from how things work, how things are. So this is always your starting point. Now when you're in awareness, it has so many avenues that you can, so many paths that you can exploit that with. But the first one, you don't have to have a blue sky, you can be really quite cloudy. Um, you know, when it's really cloudy, then, then you've completely lost your awareness. That's, that's, what, that's what that's indicating. But nevertheless, we can we can we can find we can find that that um, that, that self awareness any time in our daily life. Okay, we walk down the road. Well, I like to use as an example, get from one end to the other, and you don't even know you've made the walk. Well, you know your sky has been cloudy all the way down, but maybe halfway down. <coughs> <coughs> the, the clouds part and in those few moments in those few seconds you get a sense of oh here I am you get a sense of self-awareness that you're walking down the road you get a sense of who you are you come back to who you, who you are you wake up you're not completely lost you're still pretty lost but you're not completely lost well there you can ponder here you can start to ponder here you can if you're really keen if you're interested if it's something that that you really want to use, you can you can you can just reflect upon yourself as you walk down the road. How how are you feeling? How's the day? Uh, what do you, what are you caught up with? Um, what's your relationship with whatever's going on now? Just just watch yourself. Just watch. Just look. You can see these things, and you can and you can if you wish to engage with with what you see. Or if you just simply want to watch and just be aware, 
here, here you're, you're, you're beginning to break, break the ground on the, on the most superficial level. And that, you know, to me, to me that's the path, the path of insight. The path of insight starts with self-awareness. There's no point where it starts, where you drop into a technique and you go from one thing and you just drop into another thing. We have self-awareness with us all the time. We flit in and we flit out. We get lost, we come back. Well, when you come back, you can just... Hello, here I am. How are you getting on? Just, just be aware. You don't, you don't have to engage with what you, with what you're, what, um, with what you're experiencing. But just know it, see it, and know that it feels good or it doesn't feel good. You're enjoying, you're not enjoying, etc., etc., etc. And on and on and on. There's the world. You're observing the world, but you're doing it from that place that is not an object. So this is very rudimentary, in fact. Of course, you don't need any sort of dharma's pledge. You know, most of us and most human beings stop and reflect, don't they? Even though, even though they don't have the tools and they don't know what to do with what they see, where to take it, or how to nurture it. But as long as we got self awareness, you're on the threshold there. Now, for us, that whole path of understanding starts there. We need to. We need not only to be self-aware, but know how to use that self-awareness. And that, and that often is... Um, well, it, 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 is, it is vitally important that you know what to do with that, with what you're seeing about yourself, usually you see, and very often you don't, what you see you don't like. In fact, most, most of us most of us humans see a lot. Certainly white people see a, see a lot of stuff that they don't like, but they don't know what to do with it. And, and you know, there are two sides to self-awareness. One, it is without doubt your source of liberation. It will take you to freedom and to eternity. But if you don't know how to use it, it can also destroy you. Because you can reflect with that with that faculty as people do and not like themselves and see lots of stuff that they don't like and they don't like life everything very negative in other words but not understand and not know what to do with that knowledge that they're that they're coming in contact with and so it's something that accumulates they don't know what to do with their experience and so that thing becomes you feed it ever more because you don't understand it. You feed it ever more because that's the habit that you've got. And in the end, it, 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 can, it can destroy you. You can end up disliking yourself and uh, disliking life so much that you end your life. You end your life because of self-awareness. You end your life because you don't like what you see. You don't like yourself. You don't like your, whatever your life, other people, whatever. And so you decide that you don't want this anymore, and so you you take your life. That's only possible through self-awareness. Animals don't kill themselves, as far as I'm aware. We do. That's because we misuse self-awareness. But if we know how to use, how to work with the material, as it were, 
with the experiences that we got and, be, and, and learn to, 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 to use that understanding in, in a positive way and direct it in, in the correct way. It will take you to your liberation. We can't blame self-awareness for that. It's just that we do not have to use this important faculty that we've got. So it, do, it is double-edged. And you need to be careful with that. And if you don't have a practice and a training and you don't know how to put things into context and how to work with things, how to work with the energy and the forces that, that come with that, that, that come with those experiences, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble. And even Dharma practitioners get into trouble because they don't have the tools, they don't have the framework, they don't know, they don't know what to do with their experience. They think knowing it is good enough. No, it's not. You're on a threshold there. You're on a, you, 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 you're at a crossroads. And if you don't take the right turning, it can, it can do you a lot of damage. But if you do know what you're doing, if you do have a framework and you do have that knowledge, then you can, by golly, you can use it in a positive way and it becomes, it becomes the source of your liberation. It goes one way or the other. That's why it's so important to have a framework to go around your self-awareness. A framework is, is essentially the three refuges and to understand what they're about. And from there, if you have refuge and you have a framework, all the stuff that comes up with inside of you can be stuff that you can work with in a positive way so that it takes you beyond suffering. But this is coming with this thing called, as I say, at the very basis, it's just to know yourself. And you know there's a characteristic, something that you can always remind you, remind yourself of, that if you are actually pondering in the correct way, if you're, if you're nurturing your, your ability to, to look into yourself, to, to follow this path of insight, is that it, it, it always, always, always is looking in. You're looking within yourself all the time. If you find yourself looking out and pondering other people, in inverted commas, uh, that's not dharma. You're caught by the world. You'll never find the source of who you are. You'll never get to the bottom of the issue whilst you're out there, looking out there, being pulled out there with all of its distractions. The insight path is internal. It's always, always, always looking in. And it's always, to me, it's the most deeply, deeply personal thing you'll ever do in your life. And it has to be the most honest and open thing that you ever do in your life. You may not be able to embark with that with you because it's not an easy path to follow. But the more you, the more you stay with it, the more you open, the more you look, the more you see, the more you learn through the tools and have refuge to be able to see, to be able to stay with what you see. There's the key. Not run away from the stuff that you don't like and hide so much that you can push it away and not even be aware of it. Because it's, well, at the end of it, it's all about fear. You don't like, so you suppress and you push away. Well, when you're on the inside path, yes, by all means, you come to that place. You'll come to that place 
possibly quite regularly because it's not easy and you, and you shy away from what's beginning to show itself because you're looking in. But bit by bit you have to learn to just stay and stay with it and open to it and be with it. And staying with is the most difficult thing that we experience because staying with me is an, it's an uncomfortable place to be, a very confusing place very often. And one where you have great doubt about yourself and what you're doing, all sorts of forces that will come to undermine your growing willingness to just stay with and be with these experiences. But it's only when you learn to stay and to be with these things will you get to know what they're about. How could you know something when you turn your back on it? It's impossible. If you want to know something, what it's all about, you've got to get as close and as intimate as you can and just look at it. You don't have to have no, no opinions. Start beating yourself up. It is no good. And just, and just compound the whole thing. Just feed the whole thing. But retain, retain the, the, the characteristic of your self-awareness, which is as a mirror. It's not involved with it. It doesn't have an opinion. It doesn't get caught by it. But it sees it and it knows it. And within that seeing and that knowing, it's understanding. It's wisdom on, on all sorts of levels. Right down to the ground. Everything is contained within your self-awareness. It is whole and complete. If any wisdom arises within you, don't think that you've ever created it. That's just ego. That's just not understanding what's going on. That wisdom is there and it's always been there. That seeing, that knowing, that seer, that knower, that, that mirror-like quality knows but it doesn't get involved, but it knows. And the more you can open to that, the clearer things will become. But it's a path, and it's hugely, hugely difficult, massively challenge, challenging. This is the path. This is the so-called path that we all, we're all upon. And that path is a path that goes inwards, not outwards. And we have to begin to unpick and begin to see our world. But we have to learn how to do that. This is not given. This, this takes commitment. This don't happen on its own. If you're a passive one who likes, who, who likes your, your comfort zone, you ain't going to go there because it's not comfortable and it needs commitment. And it needs what commitment means is your commitment to stay with things. And I know that's the most challenging part for most of us, is to stay with. We can see things and stuff, but but to, are you prepared to bear with it? Just stay with it. It's not good or bad. Stay with the experience, the emotion, emotional experience. There'll be thoughts and pictures, but it's emotional. A lot of fear may well be. Fear to some degree there. But it's not a nice experience. I'm not a masochist. I don't want to suffer. I'm not going to go intentionally looking for pain. Well, if it comes to you in this training, 
then you do have to be prepared to bear with it and stay with it because if you don't, you won't get to the bottom of it. <laughs> you want to be liberated, you want to be free, you want to shake off all the stuff that you want to shake off. That's why you come here. Something's not right. If things were right in your life, you wouldn't be here in the first place. Clearly, you want to get to the bottom of something. Well, you will get to the bottom, or you can get to the bottom of things, and things can change. But you're not going to do it unless you're prepared to stay with things. And I know this is the biggest challenge. And in the world, in our conditioned world, the world that we come from, especially our material world, which we're all very well ensconced in, we've all got money in our pockets where we don't have to put up with anything that we don't like. We can buy ourselves out of any situation virtually. I think this is why we value money so much, because we know we can avoid ourselves. Just put your hand in your pocket, something you don't like, wherever you are, your job, even people in your life, money will give you that freedom to walk away from things because you don't like it. Well, okay, that's, that's the way of the world, and the, way, the, the world is about avoiding, if you look at it, everything you see. Everything that's going on is a paradox that we're all looking for ourselves. And yet at the same time that we're looking for ourselves, we're also busily avoiding ourselves. At the same time. Well, for us, we've got to put that to one side and be prepared to turn around and look in. And whatever comes up, and you don't know, you don't go looking for anything. You just be there and wait for it to to show itself, then this becomes your, well, in Pali it's called kamatana, this object, it's the object of your, of your insight, it's the thing that you look at, whatever it may be. It's not a deliberate object, because then that smacks of ego, and somebody wanting to do something. If we leave that to one side and just leave it to bubble up, to pop up like balls that fly around in the, in the bingo pool. You never know which one's going to come come up to the top for you to pick out. And they all just whirl and whirl and whirl around and nobody has any idea what that ball's going to be. And when it comes up, you pick it up and you take it and you look at it. But you didn't deliberately have that ball. And this is the way we... With our form of training, this is the way... This is the spirit that we have, that we are free and open to whatever whatever it is, becomes our kamatana. And that <coughs> that starts on this on this simple level. We've not even got to the, the cloud of the blue sky. Just on a on an everyday level that, that we can all engage with, even though we don't have a lot of self awareness, and we'll always admit that we're off with the fairies most of the time. In those times when you're not off with the fairies, you can st- and you can just be with yourself and just hello, I'm a living being. Here I am. How do I feel? Um, why am I like this? Why is life like this? Just so there's some self awareness. You're acknowledging your existence. And you're looking at your existence. Um, you don't really have the tools to do much with that. But you, hello, here I am. 
I don't think a cat or a dog does that. Wakes up in the morning and gets all philosophical before it has its Kit Kat or whatever they eat. I think they just get up and eat. Well, we can get up and eat in the same way because we have to, but we can also be alive and have that self-awareness with us and know where we are, what we're doing. Yeah. <coughs> this becomes your... This is the fundamentals that we've all got. And if you're very interested in, in, in getting to know yourself and getting to the bottom of your existential uh, reality then this becomes something very, very interesting for you. You want to know. For me, I know it started when I was a little boy. I had no tools. I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going. I didn't know what to do with what I was seeing. But I had that that wonder, what, what the wonderment did, that he, just trying to work, what, what's, what's, what is, what's going on? Who is this person? Where is he? <laughs> what's going on here? Why am I just so... So pulled around by so many things. Why can't I just, you know, get to grips and have things the way that I want them? And just looking all the time without any, as I say, without any tools, without any direction in any way. But self-awareness, wanting to look, wanting to ponder. That you've got to have. And the fact that you're here is that you do have it to some degree. The fact that you're here is because you've asked yourself questions. You've not just gone along with the flow of things, but said, well, hang on a minute. Something's not right here. Why is life... Why is life unsatisfactory? Why is, why is my life not the way that I would like it to be? Why is just... Things just... There's got to be a reason. I've, that's what I always... I mean, I used to look at see the, the, the fantastic wonder of life and look at all of that and just look at it and just be just blown away by just what I was living in the middle of but then at the same time look at myself <laughs> think well hang on there's something wrong here here I am in this fantastic environment and yet and yet I don't feel right why don't I feel right what, what's going on here what, I shouldn't be like this I should be just enjoying living in this in this experience and I'm not enjoying it actually if the truth be known why well first of all you might blame your mother and your father and your school and your boss and your next door neighbour playing music at two o'clock in the morning and the dog that craps on your doorstep every day and all this stuff you can do that, and you can see that, and, and, and blame these experiences. But that's not good enough. You know that that's, that's just, well, for us, that's not right. That that's, not the, that's not the answer. That's the way things are. These, there's always niggles that go on in life, but that's not the... Something, something's not right in here. <laughs> Something's not right, and I don't know what it is, but I'm done. Well, gonna. I am sick of being enslaved by it. I said that used to annoy me so much. I felt such a victim of myself, being pulled around by whatever whatever the hell was going on. But I had no control over it, and it just threw a shadow over everything, over this, 
over this environment, throw a shadow over. I used to get so annoyed with that. I've had enough of this. I'm not going to be a slave to this for the, for, for, for the rest of my life, like hell I am. I'm going to, I, w- I want to know what's going on here, and I'm going to get to the bottom of it, because this is just rubbish. And I do know, it's clearly there's a potential here, which is so wonderful, that I can't even really begin to imagine it. But he, it's waiting for me. I've got to get from here to there. That's f- for me. And it's always motivated me since I was a little kid and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. But I knew that, just look at this. And I used to watch it and watch it and watch it and not know. And, that, and that's the danger. You can watch it and watch it and see what it's doing to you but not knowing what you can do about it. And if you don't soon find out what you can do about it, it will get worse and worse and worse. And this is why you can end up, self-awareness can end up being, being, being the worst of your experiences. Better to be like a cat and a dog, actually. So you have to you have to learn, and you know we and there's lots of ways of doing it. There's no one way. <clears throat> for us, we found Buddhism. Something it, it works for us. It resonates with us and this particular tradition and stuff. So that becomes that that starts to, to, to create the framework that that we that we can trust, that we can identify, that we can begin to bring into our lives so that we can open up open up and get to look and get to see and get to know what to do with all of this stuff that's just below the surface that's the path of insight and that's what the Buddha discovered the answer is the way out of suffering he didn't offer us a path of tranquility and, and bliss and joy by all means they can be a part of the journey but that's only a part. It can be a great Mara. But if you don't, if you want to go beyond all this nonsense, then you need insight that will kill it all off, so that you no longer are being the victim of of of, of this stuff. <clears throat> so that path of insight is. But the path of insight is not passive. Because the forces within you want to take you the other way. And what you're doing, as the Buddha said, you're now learning to swim against the stream. And to swim against the stream takes commitment. The moment you stop, you're taken. And that goes for this training. It's called commitment so that you have a consistency. You don't rush at it like a mad thing. But you have a consistency where you're always watching, where you're always looking in. And just see what's going on here this thing that you're enslaved to what is it about How do, why am I enslaved to it why even when I don't want it I can't get rid of it I seem to think that I'm in control of myself but I'm not actually <laughs> small things I can have choices over and, and ditch things but there's so much in me that just possess well possess me I don't know what other word you could use and you're supposed to be intelligent and bright and think that, think you're the bee's knees because you're very clever and you've got lots of education behind you. And yet, and yet you're not. You're completely enslaved. <laughs> Just like a slave. Who's got nothing. Who's got no, no, no control over their life whatsoever. No say in their life whatsoever. They're just at the beck and call. 
and we're at the beck and call of something inside of us. Well, it's only insight that's going to change that. So insight is not, it's just, well, it's, it's, it's the path. The path of insight is the Buddhist path. All the other stuff is incidental, because it's only insight that changes. So we enter upon that insight. And the basis, it all comes from self-awareness, it all comes from that place that wants to see and know. <clears throat> and you can bring it into your daily life on the vote without before you learn any techniques or any great deal of understanding of what you're doing. Just be aware of yourself. When you walk in the street, when you're having a cup of tea, when you're doing the washing up, be aware. And being aware means that you're being aware of yourself and, and your sense of well-being. Are you happy or are you unhappy? Are you enjoying? Are you not enjoying? You don't have to get involved with any of that. But be aware, be aware, be aware, be aware. And in that growing awareness, you begin to see that the things that come, that come to affect you, that, that pull you around, that you follow without even giving a moment's thought to. But now you begin to see these things. And, and, and you can even begin to get some sense of input with that and learn to say, well, no, I'm not doing that. I'm beginning to, you, you're beginning to take some sort of charge of yourself because you, you've seen what you're doing to yourself and what you, the habits that you follow. But still, it's still quite, it's almost like a willful thing that you decide not to. <clears throat> but this is all, this is all growing self-awareness that, that you are beginning to, you're beginning to look in, you're beginning to open to yourself and beginning to look for the first time in your life probably because we've always gone that way, now you're going this way. You go that way, you'll never understand. So you're beginning to, to you're told to turn around. This is a part of the deal when you come to Buddhism, that, you're, that you are, from the very beginning, told to look in, to, to come in. And there you, there you are entering the path, there you're, you're on the adventure. By golly, is an adventure that will take you through every emotion that you could imagine, plus a lot that you can't imagine, and take you to the and take you to the highest heavens, and also take you to the deepest opposites, possibly. But that's the adventure, that's the journey. And it'll be the most fantastic thing you'll ever do in your life if you decide to enter upon it and open to it in, in a proper way and 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 not be and not be knocked off the path when you hit something difficult. When you come to this, very often in the beginning you have this so-called honeymoon period where things are very joyful and lovely and everything settles and you enjoy it and you feel great. Um, <clears throat> and you think, wow, this is, this is the real deal. I'm so glad I came to this. But sooner or later the honeymoon finish and you will come up against something difficult. And of course you're not going to like it. Nobody suggests that you, you should like it. But are you prepared to stay with it? Or, or do you want to get away from it? That's when, the, that's when your first test comes. That's called starting the practice. And I always remember my teacher saying exactly that to me when I started it, everything was so well. I know everything was so wonderful. Still, the physical pain was 
but in terms of you know my sort of emotional states and stuff for a while I thought, oh, it's fantastic I was actually doing something that I clearly wanted to do all my life and now I'm actually doing it rather than thinking about it. I found a teacher and I'm doing it I'd be wow this is I'm really doing something with my life something useful with my life now and I was very and then I hit something and I, don't, I honestly don't remember what it was but it was something that really smacked me in the face and stopped me dead and made me think well, hang on a minute <laughs> what am I doing this for and I, and I, went, I went to my teacher and, 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 and told her what, you know, what was going on she said oh really good but now you start to practice you weren't practicing before now you're practicing now you've got material <coughs> where you can begin to look begin to open to look into get to understand because that's the only way you're going to be free there's no other way and you know that was then like the reality <laughs> the reality of this training is that it's not all beer and skittles um, but in fact it's uh, sure beer and skittles by all means <coughs> but it also can be well you would never do anything more challenging in your life there can't possibly be anything more challenging including having a husband or a wife that you don't get on with because you know you're going to always walk away from them if you have to or whatever there's some way you can with this in your face there's nowhere to go <coughs> There's nowhere to go but to stay with. And it's not, it's not easy. How can it be easy? But, but learning to stay with and be with things is that you, see, you begin to see how the whole process works, how the whole thing works. And you, and you begin to see not only the law of impermanence, whereas whatever difficulty you're going through, however if you're prepared to stay with it, it will come to an end. Nothing lasts forever. You think that it does. You, do, you, you clearly don't appreciate the law of impermanence because we run away from things as soon as we bump into them. You don't stop and say, oh, well, I'll just hang on here and it will go into change and I don't have to run away from it. Well, I don't think we do that very often. and We're not encouraged to do that. But you will discover that even if you don't get to the bottom of whatever it is that's, that, that you're having difficulty with, and that includes sitting on the cushion and all the physical and emotional discomfort, pain and challenges that you get, what you don't appreciate, if you stay there long enough, it will go into change. Because it will. And hopefully you learn that on the cushion, that some, mysteriously, something that completely takes you over, physically, emotionally, completely, and you can't... Oh, it completely swamps over you. Well, where's that gone? What's happened there? I haven't done anything. No, you haven't done anything. You've allowed it. You've allowed that, that habit, that energy to run its course. You've left it alone. And you've allowed it to, 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 to run its, however long it may be. And in the end it finishes because everything we experience is impermanent. And you begin to discover the law of impermanence then in fact you don't have to run away from things as soon as you hit, hit the buffers, but learn to stay with. Not only will they go into change, whatever it is will go into change eventually, but, but, but through that experience you have the great opportunity to understand how the whole thing knits together, why you're in that place, to answer the questions that brought you here in the first place. Why am I suffering? 
you can begin to, to get some inkling, some understanding of what it is that's the cause of that suffering. It's, it doesn't just drop out the sky. There's a reason for these things. There's always reasons why. And you can begin to see why it's like this. But you're never going to do that unless you stop and you open and you look with that clarity, with that mirror-like faculty that we've all got where you just bear with it, stay with the whole force, stay with it, look into it. There. And I know many of you, I mean, you often come to me with your issues um, and you think you're doing something wrong, that you're lost and, and, and well, I'm, I'm suffering and, not, and I'm confused, therefore I'm not practicing correctly. Please tell me what I'm doing wrong. Well, actually, you're not doing anything wrong. In fact, you're doing something right, not wrong. Because you have difficulty with this practice and because you're so severely challenged, doesn't mean to say that you're off on a tangent. It means that you're learning to stay with stuff that you're not used to doing. Now you're staying with it. And there, that's giving, something is given to you. Here, look, look at this. Have a look into this while you while you bear with while you're having while it's while it's you're finding it so challenging while you have all doubts around it because it's so negative and you think you've got it all wrong you must have it all wrong because it shouldn't be like this well actually it should be like that it should be exactly like that but what you have to learn to do is to forbear forbear with it and stay with it. And when you stay with it, you've got the opportunity of getting to know why you suffer there. And although it tosses and throws you all over the place, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. And in the end, it will, it will, you may get to see it, you may get to understand it, you may not. Nothing guaranteed, but it will, it will run its course and and then somewhere down the line, the next, the next thing will come to you. You're not doing the training wrong, you're doing the training right, actually. So you don't have to keep coming to me every time you, you know, you, you hit the buffers. That's okay, but stay with it. And you learn, and you learn the principles of change, of how, how, you, how, you, how you embark upon this insight path. You learn, you learn the basic principles of it is that you learn to, to, to place whatever that, invariably in an, an emotional experience, whatever it may be, fear, <clears throat> anger, desire, <clears throat> you learn to put it in that framework that you've been learning from the beginning, from when you first started, and learn to, and, 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 so that it supports it, so that it's, it's within that, it's within that holding vessel. And then you begin then to look into it, to whatever your faculty, or to how sort of, if you like, how dense it is, how deep you can look into it, because if it's really dense and something so, so dominant in your personality, you won't be able to penetrate it, possibly. Only, but never mind. Stay with it. Stay with it. There's the key, is to stay with it. And like I say... One, it, it will change, even though you're convinced you'll carry it forever. It won't. 
it will, it will go into change. <clears throat> but secondly, you'll also be able to get to know it. You'll be able to become more intimate with it. Be able to, to learn to learn one of the one of the one of the major features, one of the major features of change in understanding is to learn to open and accept it and embrace it because what you're looking at is a part of you. Even though it may be in the in the guise of your mother and your father and your history or things that are going on in your life now. That's all part of the delusion to, to, to fool you, to, to, to divert you, to get you away from the source to get you away from the reality of that thing is. So you go running off and you, and then you get into the blame game. I'm like this because of you, you, you. And one of the crucial features that you learn from this training is that you have to take responsibility for everything that you think, say and do. Everything. Then you can own it. You're not farming it out, but you're owning it. And when you're owning it, you can embrace it and you can look into it. And what you're doing is that you're learning, it's the healing, because, because you're observing without opinions. The insight path isn't about having opinions and putting things in boxes. It's seeing it, it's seeing it and, and knowing it. And what you do when you don't have opinions, you are opening and you are embracing what you convince was out there and other people that you're beginning to heal the, the, the space that you've created between you and that and that and that thing that, that's very, very important to you that has such a major effect on your life, that you begin to embrace it and, and accept that it's a part of who you are. Not good, it's not bad. It's called the healing process. It's called learning to like yourself. You learn to like yourself. You learn to heal yourself because you're fragmented. We're all fragmented. We're cut into a thousand pieces. It's called duality. Here you're healing duality. Here you're healing this notion of me, me and things that affect me. <clears throat> you're not going to know any of that. That's not going to happen unless you're prepared to, to bear with, to forbear and to open and to look into. This is all part, this is the inside path. This is the inside <laughs> It's not a part of isn't learning some technique when you're doing your meditation. Well, it is. That's a part of it. But for us, the insight path is much, much, much wider than that. We don't do techniques and methods, and we bring our we, we bring our insight deliberations to 24 hours a day. We don't keep them for that 40 minutes. We sit on the cushion every day, and then when the 40 when the bell goes, we go and park it somewhere. We carry it with us all the time. It becomes priority. And, and everything else in our, in our minds, in our lives, revolves around that. Well, we take, we take, we take that, 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 <clears throat> that reflection upon ourselves into every situation. So look at yourself. See how you function in all situations, good, bad, right, wrong, whether you like, dislike, whether it's desire, aversion, fear. Watch yourself. Watch yourself, watch yourself. And when you watch yourself, you're looking in. So that you don't divorce yourself from the experience. Push it away, but actually embrace every, every moment of your life. And when you do that, you, have, you, can, you can bring this whole, this whole path of insight, the most wonderful thing you will ever do, <clears throat> with, the, with, the, with the revelations and, and insights and, and, and 
things that will open up for you that you, you can't even begin to imagine. No money, no money, no intelligence in the world could get any could, could, could give you these experiences. But this is the potential that actually we live in this little, fiddly little thing there. But in fact, just below the surface, it's just complete wonderment of who we really begin to taste who you really are. Just get a little, just how this is constructed. It's not just some simple thing, but it's just so unbelievable and so utterly wonderful that what you give up in order to realise that is nothing. Nothing. But you have to experience it and you have to be prepared to embrace all of your life in all situations with a sense of self-awareness. That, that awareness, of, of taking that awareness with you, whatever you do, whatever you're doing, where all the desires that you follow, the blind, you, you've got that, always got that sense, here I am, here I am, here's the desire, this is what I'm this is what I'm experiencing, it's wonderful, it's great, but you've always, you always, you, you don't completely lose yourself. And the same, you know, with, 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 with all, the, all the emotions that we have. Always there, always. Mm. Mm. So you're never far from home, because there is that is your home. And this is why, for us, this path of insight is not some technique, some method that you do in certain circumstances, create a certain environment like this one, and then do your insight. Yes, by all means, of course you do. And this is a very special environment because it's taking away distractions, but this is just one. And when you leave here and you, and you go walking outside, that's another one. And when you go and eat your food, that's another one. And when you have all this free time in the afternoon where, you, where you're not being productive, just being with yourself, there's another one. And that self-awareness you carry through all of the course you do because it's who you are. Without it, you wouldn't be alive. You are, you are, you are that awareness. That's, 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 that's the one bit about you that's real, actually, as you will come to see. So the whole... The whole path of your liberation is via insight. It's not learning to be a good Buddhist or learning to follow the form, do everything right, say yes sir, no sir. That's not going to get you freedom. <coughs> that will change your persona, that may have all sorts of things about it, but that will never, 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 never break, never break that, that those habits that we've got. <coughs> Insight. You've got to know what to do with it, <coughs> otherwise it's very dangerous. You've got to know what to do with it, all the way along the line. And every step that you take, you step into new things and new challenges with it. Because it's a living thing. It is not, it is not a mental, it is not <coughs> a, a, a mental exercise. Where you're going to get from A to, a to Z. And it's, and it's, oh yes, oh that's A, that's B. Okay, now we go and do C. And it's all, it's all lovely, lovely, lovely dualistic. 
and I know that this is a trap, that when you take a conceptual practice on and you take it into your meditation and a formula, that's meant to take you that's meant to take you so that you, you let go and you open up to what that's pointing to. But what we do is that, is, that we, is that we hide behind the system. We hide behind the formula. So there's always a little, however subtle it may be, there's always me and there's, and there's the experience. That gap, that's the great danger, that you don't actually live it. That space, and that space is, is, is where you look after yourself. And you, you, you're not quite there. And that's the danger um, of having weighing yourself down with lots of concepts and ideas. You you hide but you hide behind the idea. You don't live it. And, and like I like to say, so often it's so important in our training. This isn't about knowing what an ice cream tastes like, how it's constructed, in all of its many varieties. We're not we're not interested in what an ice cream tastes like. We want to know what an ice cream tastes like. And the only way to know what an ice cream tastes like is to put it in your hand and lick it. There's no words, no concepts there. There's no space. There's no duality there. You can just bring it to your mouth, close your eyes, and instantly you will know. Afterwards, you put your concepts on. Oh, that was nice. That was cold. That was sweet. Delicious, etc., etc., there you're creating a world, a dualistic world. You take that experience and you park it in your world with all the other things that you experience and park. But it's not the real thing. It becomes, a, it becomes just a, a memory, a dreamlike thing. It's not real at all, even though you're convinced that it is. What's real is that moment of impact there. You know. That's what this training is about. You lick the ice cream, and you lick it 24 hours a day. <laughs> and I hope you don't get fed up with ice cream. <laughs> this is, we're always licking. In other words, we're always being intimate, we're always opening, we're always having a direct experience with something, because it's only when you do that do you get to know it. Do you get to know it, you, that, that, that you become alive, you become one with it, you become it. But you, you become it with, it with a sense of clarity, with the knower. <clears throat> and you see it and you know it. And you know you can see, you begin to see how you construct your samsara and how you construct your habits and how you maintain your habits because it's your habits that keep you locked in into the, into the dualistic world, in, into the conditioned world. The conditioned world is another word for, 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 for habits. It's, it's, it, they're created, they're not real. You weren't born with these things. You were born. You were born with an uncreated mind that was pure, pure and and boundless. But in time, you've you've learned to estrange yourself. You've learned to put a space between yourself and what is the real, with this mind of of duality and objects, so that you never you never really. You never really experience life for what it is. This is why life becomes unsatisfactory because we live our life in a dream, and we're not. We don't. We don't. This is why we don't experience fulfilment. Why well, life is never quite right. Well, it's never quite right because we're not living it. We're living in a. We're living in a in a 
in a created world, in a mind-created world. Even though paradoxically at the same time we actually never, we never leave the real world, but we misinterpret and create. And learning to be intimate there, this is the path, as I say, is the path of insight. And you can bring that to your life, never mind blue sky and white cloud, which for many of you, you think, oh, well, this is just such a lofty, a lofty thing, I'm, I'm never going to get myself to that place. Well, don't think it's like a place, don't think it's a black and white thing, you're not there and then you're there. It's that. Um, you 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 slowly you slowly disperse the clouds. Look at the clouds now. Look how they've gone since this morning, or an hour or two ago. It's pouring with rain. It's almost a complete blue sky, which it quite likely will be this afternoon. There you are. You see, from one extreme to the other, and that's exactly the same with us. We started off with a with a with a sky full of clouds, but slowly, slowly they begin to. Just begin to fade. Where do the clouds go? They just hang on. How, how often you look up at the sky, and, and um, you know, you can look into a blue sky and then look away and look back ten minutes later, and it's full of clouds, or vice versa. How mysterious! Of course, we know scientifically how it works, but just as a direct experience, it's like, hang on. <coughs> Where did they go, or where did they come from? It's just like magic. They they they, they appear, or, the, or or they disappear. That's the same with our clouds. They just they fade, or they or they appear, seemingly. Where from? Well, as you know, in a in a scientific way, we can discover why clouds appear and why clouds disappear to do with moisture and stuff in the same way that you can get to know why your clouds appear and why they, how they disappear. Not, not by looking, looking it up in a science book, but by looking into yourself and to see how, how, you, how you create. And that takes us to the threshold of insight, that takes us to the threshold of change. That's the foundation. There you've got it, and that's for everybody. I don't care how good your meditation is. Oh, I I can't concentrate. I'm not a good meditator. I'm never going to be able to do insight. Oh, yes, you yes you can. You're not. Nobody's excluded from this. Just because somebody can sit and fall into stillness and have these wonderful experiences when they're still, you say, "Oh God, I'm so envy you. You can do it, and I can't do it. No, they can do it." They, they, they have that ability there, but they may have blind spots elsewhere that you don't have. Don't, 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 don't follow that one. But I'm telling you, everybody has the, has the ability to, to nurture the inside path. And each, and each bit that you, each step that you take and each, t- all the time that you're applying yourself to, that's, that's having, that's having, that's having a big effect because you're looking in and not looking out. So tomorrow I'll just try and get a little bit more, get in there a little bit more. But this is for all of us. Don't ex- I don't care who you are in this group. This is for all of us. Don't think that you're some hopeless case because that's not the way it is. So that's better leave that for today. Thank you.